0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: IT'S TIME FOR THE GET READY SHOW!
2: Best in pro wrestling talk.
1: And that's the bottom line. The first soul project. This right here is the
0: future of wrestling!
2: And it begins.
0: Tonight you are listening to the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. Um, just putting it out there, we're actually having some technical difficulties tonight through blog talk radio. So if you are listening to the show, you can head on over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Let us know how we sound, if you're even hearing us at all, because uh, we're kind of, we have a studio, but we're all kind of sitting on our phones connecting because the direct connect with blog talk seems to not be working. So, let us know if you can hear us. We hope you can. Um, Going to start things off a little bit different tonight uh, just because uh, we would be remiss in doing a, this podcast and not at least uh, send out our best wishes, wishes uh, positive thoughts to all those affected in uh, Las Vegas, the horrific shooting, uh, tragic events that occurred this week in Las Vegas, and uh, all of us here uh Deeply moved, concerned, and sending out well wishes to everyone who is affected out there. And, um, you know, to just, I I mean, we do a wrestling podcast here, and I'm not one to get political. Um, But Jesus Christ, could both sides get their heads out of their asses? And I'm going to kind of leave it at that. Uh, I'm just really fucking sick and tired of sitting here doing a wrestling show. Um, And admittedly, with this wrestling show, we do this, it's an escape. It's supposed to be fun, and we do it as an escape. But there have been way too many goddamn times that i got to get on the air and open the show, sending out thoughts and prayers to people affected by a shooting. And it's just gotten absolutely absurd, the amount of times that we have to get on the air. um, And we want to have fun, uh, whether it's Sandy Hook, San Bernardino, shooting at dark Knight, uh orlando last year and now vegas and and quite frankly the loss of life is completely unacceptable and i am tired of doing this to open these shows um we elect officials on both sides um to know better than we do i don't have all the answers i don't know what's supposed to be done I don't know what laws need to be changed and what regulations need to be looked at. I hope that we vote for people that is, that know more than I do. But right now when we seem to be topping the biggest mass shooting in U.S. history on a, on a yearly basis, this has gotten absolutely absurd. And that's going to be it for me on my soapbox. Um, I just wanted to put out there that I'm just kind of sick of, Opening these shows and having to, to send out thoughts and prayers to people affected by a mass shooting Something needs to change and I do think whether you're a conservative whether you're a liberal whether you're a republican or a democrat um, If you don't think that something somewhere has to change uh, There's there's something wrong with you um, So for, for tonight and every time we do this show This is a wrestling podcast. This is something that's supposed to be fun. And if you are affected by, as we're all all affected, what happened in Las Vegas, Um, this is a night where use us as uh, a distraction. Use us as something that is is, uh, something to to have fun with. Uh, Wrestling, talking wrestling uh, should be fun and that's it for my dissertation. We're going to have a good time tonight as we try to do on the show. Try to laugh a little. Try to smile. Uh, let's have a good time as we try to get you set for WWE's Hell in a Cell event this evening. Um, again, we're having some technical difficulties, so let us know on the Facebook page. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash The Ken Show. Again, it's facebook.com slash The Ken Show. We have a show chat going on right now up there. Um, let us know how we sound. Let us know if you're hearing us. Um, right now we're sitting on our phones in the studio logged in uh, doing the show because we're having some technical difficulties through blog talks. So go figure. Tech difficulties through blog talk. Who would have thunk it? So Go on the Facebook page. Let us know how we're sounding uh, if you're hearing us. Well, I'm saying if you're hearing us. If you're not hearing us, you wouldn't know to go on the Facebook page. But Whatever. Uh, go over there and let us know if, if we, you do hear us, let us know how we sound. You can check us out on Twitter, our Twitter page, our Twitter handle is at the Ken Reidy Show. Follow us over there on Twitter. And you can also check us out on the website, which is the com. Again, the Kenreadyshow com. Lots of stuff over there. Check us out on the com, And let's get you set again. Tonight's gonna be fun. Uh, the world is going to hell in a handbasket but at least for two hours here and hopefully for another three hours on wwe's hell in the cell that you can forget about the world that exists outside and have some fun with the night so without further ado let's get into some pro wrestling talk we're we'll not be able to without my tag team partner who is on the line dave how are you
3: doing this evening i'm doing pretty good thank you ken thank you for asking and uh, very well put, what you said at the top of the hour, top of our program about the unfortunate incidents that have taken place in Las Vegas. I couldn't have said it better myself. And with that being said, I want to personally say to those who have been affected out there, if you listen to our show, if you are a pro wrestling fan, I hope tonight, myself, along with the rest of us here at the Ken Reedy Show, can entertain you for two hours as we get you set for WWE Hell in the Cell.
0: Well put, and again, as we're like sitting here in studio, this is too funny, like with the tech difficulties, we have independent wrestling sensation, Rocky Santiago, in studio as he's sitting like 10 feet from
2: me on his cell phone as well, Rocky, Rocky. how How are you you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good, Ken, Uh, yeah, it is a rather strange sensation, uh, just being on our phones 10 feet from each other, and uh, I Wholeheartedly agree with you, Ken And I think Dave made his additions The events in Las Vegas They needed to be touched on A very horrific, tragic event And our hearts go out to those people But uh, like you guys said Let's get ready Let's uh, get thrown in the cage Slam the door Lock it And uh, let's talk some wrestling
0: And that's that's what wrestling is It's supposed to be
2: about I mean, wrestling's supposed
0: to be uh, You know it's, it's about fun. It's about uh, having a distraction. It's about
3: uh, getting away
0: from the real world.
2: And we're going
0: to hell. I know my cell phone has this awful echo going.
2: <laughs> Bro, well, well, yeah, that's the weird thing, honestly, being in studio. I'm listening to you talk, and it's like a five-second delay. <laughs> and I'm getting, like, double feed. I'm trying to concentrate on which Ken I should listen to.
0: We're going to lose our minds before the end of tonight.
2: Damn you, blog talk.
0: So, yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be a distraction. Wrestling's supposed to be fun, uh, and we're going to have a good time with the show tonight. Um, You know, and and both of you guys, before we get into our picks, and that's what we do um, each and every pay-per-view, we give you our picks, because I honestly think
3: right here is
0: the most comprehensive pregame around. Um, You know, turn on the WWE Network, put it on mute, listen to our show, because we, we got the best pregame around. And, and this, this is really one of those interesting pay-per-views where I, I think, think that it, you know, it's hell in a cell. cell.
1: And, and, and one, one thing of the things that I want you
0: to touch upon it, Dave, a bit, but, but, you know, you, you said it either last year or a couple of years ago,
1: and I think you hit the nail on the
0: head, that part of the problem with there being a hell in a cell pay-per-view is that there has to be a hell in a cell match, at least one. And and, and and you would put it great that, that the the, the point of the hell in a cell is kind of to be a surprise.
1: Like, like when you have that intense blood rival
0: that, that, that finally it's like, like out of nowhere. nowhere. It's, it's like, like we're, we're gonna sell, sell a small 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 at Cell, You know? And it should, it should be out
1: of, house. 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 It be
0: it's out
1: of nowhere. Like
0: it's like any pay per view, a hell in a cell match could pop up.
1: When you have a hell in a
0: cell pay per view, it 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 gonna to be a hell in a cell match. So it's not as spontaneous. That being said, I think this show has, has a lot of potential. There's a lot of the Night candidates. And when, when I look at as much as, like I'm, I'm saying, saying in Hell in a Cell is,
1: one of, is one, one of those things where maybe it should be more spontaneous, spontaneous. I, do, I
0: look do look at Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens as an old school program where they did, did a really, a really nice, nice job at building a snow, planting the seeds, letting the fire build and build and build. Owens is great, so ashamed. And, and they've really had a nice build. And I look back on stuff with, like, you know, listening to Pritchard's podcast where he talked about the mega powers exploding and how the seeds were planted and how the heat between Macho and Hogan grew over time. And I'm not saying this is completely on that, that level, but I think it's got structurally a similar feel of, like, that old-school Let's build
1: it slow. Let's
0: Let's get get a nice, nice, slow burn with these two. And as as much as as it's a Hell in a Cell cell pay-per-view, it's it's almost like the timing worked out well to have these two in a Hell in a Cell 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 match. So as as much much as maybe I'm not in agreement as being a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view,
1: as a machine, again, Kevin Owens' program has been really well put together.
0: And I think this pay-per-view
3: as a whole has a lot of potential to be a kick-ass
0: pay-per-view. What are your thoughts, Dave?
3: on paper this card top to bottom in my opinion i think is probably could be the best outing that smackdown live has on pay-per-view since the brand extension began last year there is just about every single match with the exception of the kickoff match and i'll get into that later where each match has potential to steal the show every single i I've, i can't say in a long time with the exception of maybe a wrestlemania where i've been excited or Heavily invested in each and every single match on the card, and this card for Hell in a Cell tonight, I think, has got potential to be the ma- the card, the, car- the pay per view of the year. I mean, and ironically, we talked about this I think on the No Mercy show a couple of weeks ago, where we they they highlighted Cena and Reigns and Strowman and Lesnar as WrestleMania caliber matchups. And Ken, you made a great point where WWE almost was saying, well. All these other pay-per-views aside from Wrestlemania don't mean jack shit, but now we're going to make it mean something if we throw in the tagline that they're Wrestlemania caliber worthy. And as far as I'm concerned, in 2017 between Great Balls of Fire, No Mercy, and potentially tonight, Hell in the Cell, the single brand pay-per-views have done better than the big four, in my opinion. I felt like Wrestlemania and SummerSlam were stacked cards and Solid build up but didn't really Pack that punch that Wrestlemania's And SummerSlam's of years past Have and these single brand Pay-per-views with You know the right amount of matches on the card And the right amount of time given for each Match built up has done A good job of being a A a solid Two and a half three hours of pro Wrestling on pay-per-view and I think they've done Better than those pay-per-views In regards to Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon, you couldn't have said it better. The build-up was slow, but the build-up was done very nicely. And Owens and Shane, they began this basically in April when Owens made the jump over to SmackDown. And it's just been teased little by little, but it's, you know, as, as each week and each month has gone by, it's it's escalated just a little further and a little further and a little further and I don't know whether they they planned this out or the timing was just perfect but this rivalry should end inside Hell in a Cell. That's how personal it's gotten and I think tonight is a good blow off for Shane and Owens and definitely worthy of main eventing the Hell in a Cell event inside the Hell in a Cell. Wait, I, me,
2: in my personal opinion. I couldn't agree more. Um, the the buildup for Shane and Kevin Owens, you know, it was almost an exercise in seeing if the McMahon family has still got it because, you know, obviously Shane is going to deliver. And then, you know, Vinnie Mack going down there, having that interview with, with uh, Kevin Owens and taking the headbutt, it was almost as if he was looking back to the guys in the back and said, yeah, that's how you do it and you know the the man still has it and they built up a great a great fight that i think everyone's on board with and everyone's itching to see what these guys do like i don't know how long uh shane has has it in him to still be an in-ring competitor but you know it that's doesn't matter at this point they they've built such interest and b- built such a match this is a a must-see pay-per-view in my opinion
0: I agree. I think there's there's a, a ton of potential on this card. You know, I mean, it's amazing when you look at this card, top to bottom.
1: I mean,
3: and like if you want to sit here and, and
0: put money down, I, I think you could legitimately say that there's a shot that Bobby Roode, Dolph Ziggler, Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens, New Day uh, versus Usos, Natalya versus Charlotte. They'll all be match-of-the-year the year candidates. I, I mean, look yeah, at this, this card, you're like, wow, like th- there's actually a lot of potential. potential. And, and Dave, it's, so it's a so really good point. that, that and, and maybe the WWE has gotten into this place where we really, like the, the names of the big four can sell, can sell themselves. themselves. So not that, that we want to completely have throwaway matches,
3: but those
0: pay-per-views, WrestleMania is going to sell itself. SummerSlam is going to sell itself. It's almost like it's so, somewhere in some board meeting, maybe it was Triple H, uh, you know, saying that we have to stop treating throwaway pay-per-views as
3: throwaway pay-per-views.
0: And when, as this card was shaping up, and, and I do, again, I agree with you, Dave, with your sentiment that I, I'm not sure of how the Cell should be its own pay-per-view as opposed to, Using the Hell in a Cell match strategically to throw it into, you know, pay-per-view here and there over the course of the year. But that all being said, this pay-per-view has got a ton of potential,
3: top to bottom.
0: And as we sit here and we talk about how incredibly booked this pay-per-view is, how many great matches could be on this card, how this pay-per-view could be could have match match of the year candidates, candidates, could be a pay-per-view of the year candidate. How else could we start in picking
1: this pay-per-view? Because
0: I am so hyped. I'm so hyped. Talking about how great this night can be,
3: and I'm not only
0: hyped, but I'm going to stay hyped. Are you
3: trying to, to well, <laughs> trying to get me to quit? Well, i trying to get me quit
0: this
3: show. <laughs> Is that your point? But at least we'll get it out of the way, Dave. That's part
0: of it. We'll get it out of the way. Chad Gable, Sheldon Benjamin versus the Height Brothers.
3: Let's let Rocky start
0: this one off. Rocky, who do you think takes this match?
2: Well, you know. I could go into a very in-depth, long analysis of this match because, you know what, it is my man Mojo and Zack Ryder against Gable and Sheldon Dungeman. And that I think that merits much analysis. But I digress. I'm not going to go into much analysis. Um, I think it's going to be a great high-energy match to start the, pay- the pay-per-view. And as much as I'm always in the corner of my man Mojo, I'm definitely going to have to pick... Uh, Gable and Benjamin for the win You know, Benjamin has looked Outstanding since his return And I think he's riding that wave uh, Of momentum That's my pick What do you think, Gabe?
3: I'm going to give you guys Another reality check Nobody cares about this match Nobody (laughs) including, Including myself once again, and if I, if I don't have any more reason not to care about this match, you can thank Mojo <laughs> Rowley for that because he's in the goddamn match. That being said, I'm not going to give an in-depth al- analysis about this match because I don't care about this match because there's no reason to care about this match. Well, actually, I shouldn't say there's no reason to care about this match because I kind of like the potential of Gable and Shelton Benjamin as a tag team. Even though, holy cow, Shelton Benjamin, where did you go on, the Ahmed Johnson diet? He comes back, he's like dwarfed. Chad Gable, he looks like I mean, he's huge He's bigger than he was before, but Nonetheless, it looks like They're splitting the hype bros, or at least They're they're giving them an attitude change of Some sort, I don't know what they're doing, I really Don't care, I hope Zack Ryder benefits And I hope Mojo Riley retires Chad Gable (laughs) and Shelton Benjamin for the victory
0: And
3: To kind of of, of of emphasize
0: And be, be with, with Dave. Dave. I I'm picking Sheldon and Gable. Gable. <laughs> that, that <point laughs> right there. I'll just go with that. i <laughs> um, Yeah,
3: yeah I think the, the pairing,
0: the pairing Gable with Gable and then Sheldon. Sheldon, I mean, I don't know if Sheldon's gotten to a point where maybe he's past the time that he can be a bonafide, like, main event singles guy in the WWE. I'd, I'd love to see it, but for now, he's in a good place. I like uh, boosting the tag division and yeah, maybe, and hopefully we see Zack Ryder get pushed. <laughs> hopefully that's what we see. <laughs>
3: They're going to cover
0: that. <laughs> so there we go. So your first hat trick across the board, Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. If you want to talk a little hell in the cell,
1: hop on your phone,
0: because we're all on ours, and we can talk hell in the cell and your picks. Which match, this is interesting, and we'll get into it later, but the interesting thing when you're looking at the pay-per-view, And I think a lot of times when we talk about you know, what's the match that's going to be the match of the night, which match is going to steal the card, um, there's usually like one or two that... And a lot of times on the show, we're all in agreement with where the match of the night's going to come from. There's a lot of match of the night candidates, and I'm curious what everyone thinks, and we'll get to that a little bit later on, but I will definitely say this, you know, when you look at talent, I uh, talent, um, I would say that this probably wouldn't be one of my candidates for match of the night, but proves to be it should prove to be entertaining we got randy orton versus rusev um i think both these guys i think randy orton is you know people should uh really recognize what they're seeing in randy orton randy orton is a special kind of talent uh rusev is for a guy his size uh
1: he's got a special talent too
0: Again, I wouldn't look at this as a match-of-the-night type candidate, but I think it's going to be a really entertaining match. Dave, what are your thoughts on this matchup?
3: Um, I'm looking forward to this match because if you think about it, the last two times these guys have technically been in a match, whether it be on pay-per-view or on TV recently, they've been really short, 10, 15, 20-second matches. So I'm really kind of interested to see the two different styles, Orton with his very methodical, you know, slow-paced style, but Rusev, who also kind of has a similar style, but he's more physical, um, I'm interested to see uh, what these two bring together in the ring because the two times on TV the outings have been short and they, I guess they've been designed to be that way. I don't know why. Um, I think with SummerSlam it was because of time res- time restraints and so many matches on the card um, that this match you know got cut in terms of time. But uh, tonight at Hell in a Cell, hopefully they'll get more time. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Orton seems to be working with a lot of the up-and-comers this past year between working with Bray and working with Ginder and now with Rusev. Um, those guys are benefiting more, whether they win or lose, by working with Orton. So um, as far as my pick goes, I'm going to go with Orton on this one because I think he really needs a real solid pay-per-view victory. And I don't think this thing is over between him and Rusev by a long shot. Yeah, yeah you know, and I'm
0: going to – I'm actually going to agree with you on that pick. I'm going to go with Orton as well. And I don't think this this program is over necessarily either. And maybe we get something where Aiden English gets involved at some point. Maybe we don't have a straightforward victory. Maybe it's a victory via DQ.
1: Maybe it's a beatdown
0: after the victory. Um, But I agree with you, man. Orton Orton is a special kind of talent. and Orton right now is in a place where he is helping bring up some of the younger talents. And I agree with you. Orton is so good that you you will, will come, come out, out of, whether it's a win or a loss, getting, getting in the, the ring, ring with Randy, Randy Orton right now on a pay-per-view, pay-per-view, you're coming out for the better afterwards. afterwards. And and, and that's, that's a testament to our, how Randy Orton has grown, how he's matured, and how unbelievably goddamn talented that man, man is. is. So I pick Orton, but, but I don't think this program is is, is over yet.
2: Well... Uh, guys, I definitely think after both your analysis, I'm going to have to disagree with you. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, uh, my pick is going to go for Rusev because uh, Ken brought up a good point as far as the interference of aid Eng- the possible interference of Aiden in English, um, and absolutely both of these guys uh, have immense talent. Randy has already cultivated his uh, his person his personality, his character, and his ability. To win a match against anyone from out of nowhere, it's Randy, it's Randy Orton's gimmick, and that's going to stay with him. And being the fact that he did put away Rusev, like the the first meeting, he, he put away Rusev in I don't know what, ten seconds, fifteen seconds, whatever it was. And yeah, you could say uh, Rusev got you know he he got the he got the receipt on that by doing it, but it wasn't on a you know it wasn't a big match. It, it was kind of a throwaway. So, you know, in this, I hope they go longer. I hope we get to see these guys really showcase their abilities. But in the end, I think at this point, I think Rusev needs the victory more than Randy does. And I truly hope that this program isn't finished because I think these guys can definitely bring the house down a couple more times.
0: Good stuff. So almost a hat trick. Two Hortons two and a Rusev. As we get two picks out of the way, as we get you ready for WWE Hell in a Cell pay-per-view event, potential pay-per-view of the year, caliper card, lots of great matches to get into to dissect. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. We would love to hear your analysis. We get set for Hell in a Cell. You know, I'm curious, you guys. Do you guys have a favorite Hell in a Cell matchup? I mean, I know that the, the match to go to is Mick Foley-Undertaker. That's, that's the one. Um, but Triple H-Taker at WrestleMania is a great Hell in a Cell matchup. Personally, I think my favorite is probably still the first one. I, I, love, uh, I think Taker-Michaels is a great Hell in a Cell match. I wasn't crazy about the end, but I think that was a better match than the, the Mick Foley one.
3: I think it kind of set of up the
0: McFoley one because Nick was like oh, like, "Oh, Sean, really, <laughs> really? You're you're going to hang off the cage and <laughs> fall and go through the... Well, I I'm, I'm just going to have to, be to be do one better." better. Uh, um, but well, I'm sure, curious, you, you does, guys, does, you, does, you guys have, does, have a favorite out on that?
2: Well, uh, like you said, I I have to go with uh, I have to go with Taker Foley. Just just to see that showcase of of toughness. You know, was it – is anyone going to give it a five-star technical rating? Absolutely not. But is it where Mick Foley proved he is just one of the toughest sons of bitches in the business, or he was one of the toughest sons of bitches in the business? Absolutely. Uh, I think no one at that point in time was even prepared for what transpired in that match. So that's definitely going to have to be my pick.
3: How are you Um... doing? I mean, I can like you, I kinda go back to the first one. In fact, I watched a couple this weekend. Uh I watched the first one with Sean and Taker and I listened to, you know, Bruce Pritchard's podcast highlighting the, the Bad Blood event, mainly that Hell in the Cell match. Um, but the one personal one for me was the was uh one that I was at that I attended. Uh Triple H and Cactus Jack at No Way Out two thousand, which at the time it was supposed to be Cactus Jack's last match if he lost the the, the the title match, they were coming off the heels of that awesome street fight at the Royal Rumble that year where it really kind of, Cactus really helped elevate Triple H to another level, and seeing that match live, yes, it wasn't the taker Foley from King of the Ring two years prior, but, you know, Cactus' work in that match, the physicality, the story that was told really helped h- elevate Hunter even further and made for uh, a- an outstanding presentation, especially watching it in person.
0: You know, and, that, and, and kudos, kudos to the
3: WWE in creating a,
0: a match like this. Because you've got the three of us who are, I mean, let's face it, wrestling experts. I mean, right here. And three three different favorites. So, so look at that.
3: So, with that all being said, as we gave you a little touch, a little taste of history,
0: what better time than to kind of get into our pay-per-view throwback. So, without further ado...
3: Let's send it over
0: to Dave as he gives you a very special Hell in a Cell throwback. Take it away, Dave.
3: Good evening, class. And welcome to another informative pay-per-view throwback lesson plan retrospective. I'm your professional wrestling historian extraordinaire, Dave Rosenbluth. Tonight's retrospective is a doozy. As this past week, the Hell in a Cell concept turned 20 years old. And The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels set the bar at the Bad Blood pay-per-view. Over the course of 20 years, and 36 Hell in the Cell matches later, we've seen many evolutions of the concept, from the look and size of the structure, to becoming its very own pay-per-view, right up to last year's event when two women competed inside the imposing structure for the very first time. Hell in the Cell has evolved in its 20-year existence, some good, some bad, and some very forgettable. But despite the concept's evolution over the years, one constant has remained, and that is the unpredictable nature the match has taken. With that being said, tonight's lesson plan is inspired by tonight's theme song to the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view event. So let's just get right into it with this evening's historical retrospective entitled Breaking In and Out of Hell. Tonight's Hell in a Cell theme song is titled Breaking Out of Hell by Airborne. And how appropriate of a title, as history of earlier incarnations of Hell in a Cell depict a foregone conclusion. The action inside the cell would spill outside, and in some cases, on top of the demonic structure. For example, Mick Foley punched his meal ticket because of his death-defying leap off the cell in 1998 at the King of the Ring. Most recently, Shane McMahon at WrestleMania 32 attempted a 25-foot elbow drop on top of The Undertaker in front of over 100,000 people inside AT&T Stadium, only for the dead man to move at the last second and Shane O'Mac come crashing down in a WrestleMania highlight reel moment. Which brings me to one of tonight's featured bouts. The personal rivalry between Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon has escalated in recent months. And considering the PG WWE environment we live in today, the build-up to this match shows striking resemblance to previous non-PG incarnations of Hell in a Cell. With WWE creative slipping in a false count anywhere stipulation to a match that is supposed to be designed to keep the combatants in the structure, it's almost a guarantee that the action will escalate outside, around, or even on top of Satan's playground. In Kevin Owens' Hell in the Cell debut last year, his one-time best friend, Chris Jericho, didn't help Owens break out of the cell, but rather broke in the cell to help KO retain his universal title over Seth Rollins. Heading into the heading into tonight's Hell in the Cell match, Owens is undefeated in the Devil's Playground. His opponent, Shane McMahon, on the other hand, well, I can't say the same. That leap of faith at WrestleMania 32 against The Undertaker cost Shane O'Mac the victory But somehow, he still managed to maintain a job as the pre-match stipulation required Shane to be fired had he not been successful. Prior to that, a decade earlier in 2006, Shane suffered another loss inside the cell in a three-on-two handicap tag team match as he teamed with his father, Mr. McMahon, and the ECW champion, The Big Show, as they fell victim to the tandem of Shawn Michaels and Triple H of D-Generation X at the unforgiven pay-per-view. This match saw a personal rivalry come to a head as the McMahon's tried unsuccessfully to rid the WWE of DX with help from the Big Show. Sledgehammers, trash cans, steel ring steps, a random toolbox under the ring containing the tool section at Home Depot, and Big Show's bare ass all made its presence known in a personal favorite Hell in a Cell match that, in my opinion, flies under the radar in regards to brutality and physicality. But those two cell matches on Shane's resume, his record going into tonight puts him at zero wins and two losses. Does the third time's a charm ring true for the forty-seven-year-old McMahon? And does he leave Detroit Rock City with a victory over Owens? Or does the prize fighter add to his impressive McMahon hit list with the W? Last year's Hell in the Cell event witnessed a number of firsts. The first time Rusev, Seth Rollins, and Kevin Owens competed inside the Hell in the Cell. The first time the Universal Championship was defended inside the structure, and the first time that two women not only main evented a WWE pay per view, but to do that inside Hell in a Cell, a task that no woman had accomplished until last year. This year's event, I can't say holds the same amount of firsts, but one first that is a feather in the cap for tag team wrestling is the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championships, as they're up for grabs when the New Day defends those titles inside Hell in a Cell against the Usos. For the first time in Hell in a Cell history, some form of tag team gold in WWE will be contested inside the structure. However, the Cell is no stranger to tag team encounters over the course of history tonight's tag team title hell in the cell match will only be the fourth tag team match to take place inside the hell in the cell with only three others preceding it unforgiven 2006 saw the first three on two handicap match with dx defeating the mcmahon's in the big show but just eight years prior to that the first ever tornado tag team hell in the cell match took place on june 15th 1998 on monday night raw don't cold steve austin teamed with his summer slam opponent the undertaker to defeat the deranged duo of Kane and Mankind. A little fun fact on this match, viewers watching at home that night didn't get the chance to see the finish because Raw was going off the air, with Austin on top of the cell stomping a mud hole in Kane and walking it dry. The only way I know this is because I remember watching this episode of Raw in disappointment of the finish, and also the fact that I needed to provide results while doing research for this lesson plan for all of you. Eleven years later, another tag team Hell in the Cell match commenced at the inaugural Hell in the Cell pay-per-view in 2009, as DX battled Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase of Legacy. This time, this time around, the action didn't manage to spill outside the cell, as it actually started at the top of the ramp with Legacy eventually neutralizing Michaels inside the structure as they managed to lock Triple H out of the cell. With time and daylight burning, Legacy put the boots to the heartbreak Kid as Triple H watched frantically outside until his infinite wisdom came into play, and he decided, well, shit, after 20 minutes of watching my best friend taking a beating at the hands of Legacy, I maybe should find an alternate way of entering the match. Lo and behold... The light bulb pops off in his head, and magically, a pair of bolt cutters became handy to break open the cell door, leading to a path of destruction and a victory for DX. Tonight's tag title affair will be the fourth pay-per-view meeting between these two teams in 2017, with the Usos holding a 2-1 to record over the New Day. New Day, on the other hand, hold a recent tag title victory over the Usos on a recent edition of SmackDown Live in a Sin City street fight, putting the series at two victories apiece. Will tonight's fifth encounter be their last? I, for one, can watch these two teams tear down the house any day of the week. And tonight, I expect no different. But if tonight is their curtain call for the time being, then going out in a blaze of glory inside Hell in a Cell is the way to go. The Usos and New Day have helped make tag team wrestling relevant in WWE. And after tonight, if, or should I say when, they blow the roof off the building, the rest of the tag teams in all of WWE will have a tough act to follow. Cesaro and Sheamus may dub themselves the bar, but Usos and New Day will elevate it far beyond expectations. Class, thank you for joining me tonight. That's all the time I have for you in this lesson plan. Enjoy Hell in the Cell. Class dismissed.
0: Good stuff, as always. Thanks, Dave, for giving us a little bit of a history lesson there. WWE Hell in the Cell. As we get set for tonight's event. And, and let's, let's get, get back, back into the picks <sighs> Why do we go We got the United States Championship on the line Tonight AJ Styles Versus <laughs> Excuse me
1: Baron
0: Baron. Baron. Um Yeah
1: <laughs> This is one of those well matches, matches where I'm, I'm kind of, kind of glad
0: that Baron Corbin being matched AJ Styles. I, I, I had my hopes for Baron Corbin. Corbin. I, I really don't, don't know where I want to, want to go with him at this top. time. Um, quite, quite frankly, frankly he boring. bores me. Um, and um, and I don't, I don't, don't know like if I could say much more than, more than that. that. I think this should be an entertaining match because AJ Styles will make it work
3: regardless.
0: I think we'll have some fun with it.
3: Well, but when I look, I look at the two of them,
0: I look, I look at AJ Styles, Styles as champion,
3: the, the lot can you can do with
0: him. them. I, maybe, maybe if they create, the creative, creative powers, powers still have high hopes for Baron Corbin, maybe, maybe they put the the a strap, strap on him to help, help elevate him. him. But, but I don't I, know. To me, I, I feel like the Baron Corbin ship has sailed. failed. I think AJ, AJ Styles is much more valuable holding that championship right now. So I'm going to pick AJ Styles to emerge victorious against Baron Corbin in his U.S. championship match? Uh,
2: For me, this is a rather tough pick. Um, I agree that right now Baron Corbin has not been uh, what it was expected he would be. Uh, That's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, You know, at this point, there's nowhere to go but up. But... I look at the Baron Corbin character, and he's he's a big guy. He's a physical guy, imposing. I don't know if he if he necessarily needs a belt. Like I, I almost liken him to a to a Bray Wyatt in that his character is the, as the lone wolf, as this you know, just angry big guy. Does he need a belt? Well, versus AJ Styles now, AJ Styles doesn't need a belt. The man's popularity and name will carry him, and his ability is to to use his moniker, phenomenal. Uh, So that's why I kind of go back and forth on this pick, but obviously I have to make a decision. So I'm actually going to say that maybe they're going to use the formula that they used with Jinder Mahal in that Jinder Mahal grew into the title. And I think the title made him better. He forced himself to become better because he was holding a strap. Maybe they try to use that formula with uh, Baron Corbin. So I'm going to go out on a limb. It's probably not going to be a popular limb, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say Baron Corbin (laughs) picks up the U.S. championship tonight. So pick for Corbin there. And, you know,
0: it's interesting. As as you're talking, I'm thinking about stuff here. And, And I can almost see them, you, like, Maybe going with Corbin and using like the losing streak thing as a storyline, maybe that would, you know, kind of give him something uh, to, to kind of sink his teeth into. It was interesting this past SmackDown when he lost. Um, I thought I was thinking back when Christian had his, did have his temper tantrums after every loss, and maybe we can go in a direction like that. I don't know. I'm open for anything, and maybe you're right, Rock. Maybe having a championship will help him.
3: Again, I had, I had high hopes
0: for Corbin. I just, I, no, I did too. I just, I, I think it's just he's gotten swallowed up once. You know, that's part of it. You know, when you go, they say in baseball that jump from Triple A to the major leagues is a big jump.
2: Um, maybe he just doesn't have what it takes
0: to be on the main roster. Maybe
2: he's a, is
0: that mid card uh, main roster guy, and he's the guy that could be a main eventer on NXT. I don't know. It just right now
3: he's just not doing it
0: for me. What, what are, are your thoughts,
3: thoughts on this, Dave? Well, Ken, you said it best. He's boring. So, therefore, I'm going to call him boring, Corbin. Because that's, that's, <laughs> that's what he is to me, too. He's boring. The only thing entertaining about this individual is that every time I watch him on TV, his hairline recedes by the week. Okay? Um, You're seriously? <laughs> I'm so glad
1: by the week. Up,
3: <laughs> Like, dude, it's called Hair Club for Men. Join it. Like, you're on TV. He's going to be pulling you know, a Hogan gimmick soon. Oh, I know. He's got, they're going to have to put, like, bandanas on him and glue it to his head so it doesn't fall off during the match. Um, <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, I think he's got ability. I just think a lot has come too soon for him. Um, giving him money in the bank and, you know, I don't know. I've heard some stories about him, rumor and innuendo. It's all speculation that, you know, he, he doesn't have the greatest attitude and, he kind of spoke up at a, a recent talent meeting uh, when it came to uh, concussion issues and that kind of, you know, rub management the wrong way. So I don't know if he's in, he's still in the doghouse right now. But um, for me as a fan, take away all that that I just said, all the rumor and Indianua, the backstage stuff. If I'm just watching this between AJ Styles and Baron Corbin and I've seen the kind of losing streak that Baron Corbin has been on – I couldn't find – could, even giving him the United States title in a, in a, with a victory over AJ South, I couldn't find him to be credible. I think you need to find a reason to care about him or to dislike him, and I don't think he's even done that yet. I think he needs more time to grow on the main roster, and I don't think he's, I don't think he's there yet. I don't think he's there yet, but I think he's got potential got a decent look, just needs to go to the hair club for men. He's got ability in the ring. I expect tonight's match to be a good match, especially with AJ. AJ can wrestle with a stack of bricks and it would be a damn good match. But I don't think it's a good idea to put the United States title on him because I think he will devalue the championship more than the championship will elevate him. And if the point of elevating that championship to the same level as the Intercontinental Championship is the goal in WWE's mind and keeping it on the talent the caliber of an AJ Styles is the way to go. Styles with the victory. Wow. Devaluing the
0: championship.
3: That that's
0: yeah, that's that, it, that doesn't show like how, how the mighty have fallen on the main roster. Like that that's a pretty uh
3: Profound statement. And And interestingly enough, and and the the match
0: match I'm going to go to next up, up, which is is highly unusual for us, but
3: but it's intriguing because on
0: SmackDown, SmackDown and SmackDown SmackDown has has done a lot of good stuff post the brand brand extension. extension. Um, But But you could you could make make the case case on during during a lot lot of this run run, that the U.S. US Championship has been, been more intriguing and more important, maybe not more important, important but, but more and more entertaining than the, the WWE Championship. championship. And, and let's get, get to that. that. Um, Jinder Mahal taking on Shinsuke Sh- 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 Nakamura. <laughs> so every time they say his name, all I hear is Shinsuke It's all I hear, shit all I hear. Every, every time they say it. Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm um... I don't, I don't know what to make, make of this pressure. matchup. I, I really don't. I, 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 I'm, I'm not, not necessarily looking at this as a potential match of the night, Steeler. If, if they, they surprise me, good for you guys. Um, I, I like the fact they, they put someone new in, in the title, title picture, General Mahal. I think Jim, Jim Hall really pushes that far really and heel button really nicely.
1: Thing. Although I still
0: think he's, He's growing into, into the role. I don't, I don't know if I, I could say that like he's nailing it time in and time out. And I don't, don't know if, if I could sit here and say that, that he has put himself
1: squarely in a
0: position where going, going forward, forward. He, he is definitively, definitively a main eventer. But, but I like what I'm saying. I think, I think he's growing into the role. Uh, kudos to him for how he's transformed his body. Um, and and look-wise, and, and some people, people might not think it, but I think look is real important. important. And, and guy shredded. He looks like a champion. champion.
1: Um, but, I'm but I'm not, not sure about, about this matchup. Up. It, it, it's
0: about about style-wise, maybe. Um, I'm, I'm not 100%, 100% sold, sold on Nakamura, Nakamura uh, on the main roster. Let the, the hate mail from the IWC ensue. Season. Um, there's some power there definitely I I don't know if you ever should ever give Nakamura a microphone because I want to resurrect the watch chant every time he's talking Um, but I don't know about that I'm curious your, your thoughts Dave so far I mean the one thing I do like about us on the show is that we can have guys that we like we're fans of certain guys but we're really objective and you know, yeah, we, we could be all blurred with Nakamura, time, but if it's, but it's not, not working, we'll just say, like, hey, I don't know if it's working right now on the main the roster. Main for me right, right now, Nakamura is it's it's not, not a strikeout, tryout, but, it's but he's
3: definitely not hitting out of the ballpark. ballpark.
0: For me, for
3: me thus far, the main, the main roster. roster. What, what are your thoughts on
0: this matchup, team?
3: Dave? Um, this is an interesting match because going into SummerSlam when they had this match, I was intrigued by it because of the two different styles. And I felt like this match didn't get enough time. And just when it was starting to pick up, um, it finished very quickly. Uh, maybe that was just me. I don't know. I'll have to go back and see, you know, how long that match really was on that show. But um, I didn't really care for the finish of that match. I thought that that was the same finish they used in all three. Well, not all three, but in the two, two out of the three matches that Jinder had with Orton. It kind of went to that well too often with the Singh brothers getting involved. And I honestly thought they were going to put this match in Hell in the Cell based off of their interactions getting involved in Shinsuke's matches with Jinder, but they didn't, and I think that was a smart idea because this match, in some ways, to many people would feel like, well, they're just putting this match in Hell in the Cell to give it some juice, and it would just fall flat. Um, I, I agree with Rocky that he made a point earlier. Jinder has grown with the championship, and I think this has been a good move so far. And I'm on board with Jinder being the champion. I really am. He's really grown into a a, a solid, old-school, pro-wrestling bad guy. And, uh, you know, like you said, Ken, he's just getting shredded, and he just looks good. He looks like a champ. Shinsuke, on the other hand, I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, following him for a long time, like most of the Internet will say, that they followed him when he first stepped in the ring in Japan. I'm not going to say that. I maybe watched one of his matches in Japan. I saw most of his stuff in NXT. I didn't. I was surprised they brought him up this quickly. He'd only been in NXT for a year, and then they threw him onto the main roster. Um, I think Shinsuke is one of those talents where you need to – he's very unique, and you need to accentuate his positives and camouflage his negatives. And on the world of the main roster in WWE – Apparently, you have to have skills on the microphone. You can't just be talented in the ring, but you have to be able to connect with an audience verbally. And I don't think Shinsuke's that kind of person. I don't think there's anything wrong with the fact that he may not be able to cut a decent promo. He's an international superstar, not with the greatest English, but I think his charisma and his mannerisms in the ring and his, and his,
0: his moveset
3: in the ring, I think that's helped him connect with an audience. But I also think that the audience hasn't found a reason to really care about him on the main roster. And you got to remember too, people will say, "Oh, well, he was used better in NXT than he was than he was on the main roster." Well, that may be the case, but you're also talking about two different audiences. You have hardcore wrestling fans that watch NXT and have the WWE Network, and then you have casual fans that watch WWE on the main roster. And I don't think those casual fans know a whole lot about who he is. I think if we gave if, if WWE creative and management gave him some more, I wouldn't say give him a personality, but give us a reason to care about him. Let us know more about him, and don't expect so much out of him from a verbal presentation. I think less is more when it comes to him, and he may be perceived better by fans, casual fans that watch the main roster shows like Raw and SmackDown. As far as tonight's match goes, I don't know what to make of it, because I wasn't impressed with the SummerSlam outing. They may blow us out of the water. I don't know. I'm hoping we don't get a similar finish with the Singh brothers getting involved, but it seems to be the the, the trend with Ginder's title matches. I don't see Ginder losing the title tonight. I, I I see him keeping the title, defeating Nakamura and moving on to other things. And maybe they'll they'll pair Nakamura up with somebody else and and see how that goes. But like you said, Ken, he's not striking out, but he's not exactly hitting a home run on the main roster either. But I think he'll get there eventually. It just, it just might take him a little bit longer.
1: I, I think you I brought
3: up a really, really good point, point that, 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 you know, perhaps, perhaps with, with, with Nakamura, it's and
1: especially
0: like he's, he's the he's the artist, Nakamura. You know, he's he's, he's, he's the, the shit-stained artist now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... but uh, Maybe maybe, maybe, maybe I mean, he, he it less is more, and maybe, maybe that's part of it. Maybe you, you don't, don't ever give him a microphone. I, I mean, sometimes when he when he cuts promo, a promo, I mean, the, the, you know, know, English is the the second language, and at, at times it's time hard, hard to understand it. him.
1: And then and he's, he's got, got that, that stupid, you know, mouth guard in as well, and, you know, maybe it's something where as you move forward with
0: the character, like he doesn't speak at all. They just he's this mysterious, eccentric figure that uh you know gets it done in the ring and has a really unique style, but really doesn't speak at all. Um I don't know. I I just it, it's not doing it for me right now and uh I'm I'm going I'm actually gonna agree with you. I I think that um the money right now is his junior with that championship. Uh he's held it for a chunk of time, so To me, giving giving that championship to someone else should be a bigger deal. I don't know if Nakamura is really ready to be walking around with that WWE championship.
3: I see him as a good, like,
0: I C U.S. title-type contender. um, Because of Nakamura and where he's at and, like you said, not connecting uh, with the crowd totally on the main roster, I think he's someone that needs to be brought along in a traditional way. Let him get a mid-card championship. Let him have a good run with that. Let him grow into being a main roster guy before you give him a main event type title. Because I look at him with the the WWE title and I'm like, the only thing he's going to do after that is is falter. Once he loses that, you know, and I'd rather see – Give Nakamura a, a, a slow build. Uh, don't throw cross him in that main event picture too soon, um, and let him grow into his role uh, as as a, a main event guy. So I don't hate Nakamura. It just as for me as a fan, it hasn't resonated for me yet. Um, I recognize the talent, but you know he's got a fun entrance that people can chant along with. But other than that. I don't see him him as a WWE WWE champion right now. And and to me, the money is still with Jinder. So I I am going to agree with you and and go with Jinder Mahal retaining the WWE championship tonight.
2: Well, uh, after both of your in-depth analysis, uh, I am going to have to agree with you. Um, This this is an interesting match. It is definitely a clash of styles. It's a clash of cultures. And me, myself, I was a fan of the buildup of Genders just poking that that racial bear. And maybe that's – it was indicative of, you know, maybe WWE trying to tap into the racial tensions uh, of current events. And, yeah, you had some people who who were up in arms about it. But to me, that was free publicity. You know, guys, it's a wrestling angle. He doesn't mean it. Just shut the hell up. on one side, you have Genders. Now, myself – I am a big Ginger fan. I like how they packaged him. I like the whole Singh brothers, he, his, his uh, physical transformation, even his entrance with that, uh, you know, the, the projection of the rug that just follows in front of him as he makes it to the ring. I think yeah, that's cool. The, the whole package, it, it's great. And uh, I think he really has grown into that belt. And on the other side of that, you have Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, obviously he is an IWC Darling. Um his entrance, yeah, as cat, you know, I, I admit it, I like his entrance. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. Um I think he has good work in the ring. But to the points that Dave brought up, he is not a verbal guy, and in this business you lose a lot when you cannot connect to the crowd that way. And I'm going to reference another example of that. Uh, in Brock Lesnar. Now, you can look at Brock, and Brock is a big guy, and he's an imposing guy. And, yeah, you know, any match that he's in, you're going to want to see because he's a physical guy. But, you know, at the end of the day, when the match is over, someone's going to come up to you with a mic in your hand. And I just don't think the character of Brock Lesnar would be anywhere near as popular without that mouthpiece in Paul Heyman. So in, in... uh, Shinsuke Nagamura, what I see is a call to the old school manager. The man needs a mouthpiece. You need to be able to connect with your audience on that level, because you lose a lot, and perhaps that's why his popularity was, you know, what it was uh, uh, You know, in, in Japan. He can, he can talk to the audience. The audience will understand him. Over here, you lose that, and while his in-ring work is great. It's exciting. He has a, he has an exciting move set. He obviously the crowds into it, but if you cannot connect to that, that basic verbal level, there's something lost. And, and this business, you know, it needs to happen. So with all that being said, I am definitely going to say taking the belt off of ginger is a mistake. Uh, I don't, I agree. Nakamura is not ready yet. Maybe he gets a mouthpiece, Maybe he brushes up on his English. I don't know how they want to actually get to that end state because I think eventually you're going to see him with a belt, just not now.
1: So
0: there you go, a
2: hat trick on Ginger, And I'm kind of curious, you guys. You know,
1: I dug when
0: Ginger kind of pushed the envelope a little bit with his,
1: his promos.
0: and kind of put, And it was interesting that you had, like, two non-Americans, like two foreign talents. And, and, and you, you had the heel still kind of like pushing, pushing that, you know, the little, little racist kind of kind of button there, and I, I thought, thought that was really cool. cool. And, and when, when, when people, people got offended, offended by, by, it, by it, I was just, just like, "Wow!" Like, it. Anybody it's out there that, that harkens back and wants them to bring the Attitude back?
3: I know you don't.
0: You don't like you don't get. I mean, it amazed me because. The, the WWE, WWE especially, especially, wrestling as a whole, but the WWE especially, has pulled the curtain back. And, and, and they, they told us that this is all a performance. These, 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 these are, are actors playing play characters. So, you, so, you know, mean, you, you don't, don't get, offended get offended by, you know, Hans Gruber and, Hans Gruber and what he's, he's doing in Die Hard
1: because it's a character. Characters.
0: If, if you're, you're offended by a wrestler and his promo in two thousand seventeen when they pulled the curtain curtain back and they basically said this isn't really gender. gender. This This is is gender gender playing playing a character
1: when he's on camera. camera.
0: Off camera camera he's gonna run over to don't don't be a bully, be a star and like and facilitate facilitate that. So I I found it really intriguing that people found that offensive offensive to me? me I thought it was awesome. I thought he harkened back to an old-school heel vibe. He went after that really visceral kind of heat. Um, I, to me personally,
1: I think it helps Nakamura because it just,
0: it, it, it gives, you know, it puts Jinder in such an evil kind of light that you just want to see someone knock his head off. So you almost put Nakamura in a good position where he doesn't have to say anything. He He just happens happens to be the the guy that's going to beat up Jinder, and fans want to see that. that. And people people who kind of felt felt like Jinder went too far,
1: like, guys, come come on. Like, they've admitted
0: it's it's a character. It's It's a script. It's 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 a TV show. show. I'm I'm curious what what you guys thought about that, because I thought it was pretty cool,
2: and I was honestly surprised that there was some backlash with that. I agree with you. I thought it was pretty cool, too. As far as the surprise for the backlash, in this day and age, not so much. (laughs) You know, people are, are willing to complain on just about anything. And I'm going to use an analogy, uh, of a situation that I personally was in in one of my wrestling matches. Uh, during my, during my time, I'm going to pull the curtain back a little bit. During my time, wrestling as a heel, at the time, I forgot who my opponent was, but I was wrestling as heel and I came out to the crowd and I did my normal, you know, my normal insults to the crowd. And I had happened to pass by a, 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 you know, mind you, at this time the crowd thoroughly hated me. I, I was thoroughly, you know, there was no question. I was jeered, I was booed, which is a you know, at that point was music to my ears. And then I came across a little disabled boy in a wheelchair, and I, 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 you, I think you're right, Ken. I might have been wrestling you. Yeah, I think so. And. And I looked at that disabled boy, and he looked at me, and he gave a smile like he knew what I was going to do. And I almost did it. And, but let me just say that I didn't stop because I didn't want to. I stopped because at that point I had enough heat that I was in a good spot. And I, and I realized if I got you know into a spot where the crowd was too quiet, that disabled boy was my go-to. I was going to excoriate him. I was absolutely going to demand that he get to his feet and, and just do all sorts of vile stuff. And I actually heard from uh, some some of the people who I've learned uh, some things from. Uh, one person being a uh, uh, magic, and he's you know he says when you're healed nothing's off the table. You are there to get that reaction. You are there to get that visceral hate. You know, keep in mind, back in the day, when uh, stuff wasn't, the, the curtain wasn't pulled back, you had wrestlers who legitimately had their lives threatened. They, they got to that point, and that's where they wanted to get to. That, that that made the event. So for people to get offended by a wrestling angle, I, you know, to me it just it shows me your lack of intelligence.
0: Yeah, you know, and Roddy Piper's coming out saying, I do play Sun City, brother. What <laughs> are
3: um, your thoughts
2: on that, Dave?
3: I had no issue with it whatsoever. Um, the only issue I had with it is that they did it like two and three weeks in a row, and it was like, it, like the same exact bit except for the third week Nakamura was on the screen in real time, and then that's when he made his, his appearance. I mean, it's one thing if they did it one week, and then he came out maybe the next week to rebut, but they like, dragged it out a little too long. As First, as the content goes, no issue with it whatsoever. People are going to get offended You're if you see it the wrong way. You look the wrong way. Doesn't matter. Whatever. Good point. You'll, you'll,
1: you'll, 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 you'll,
0: you'll, 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 you'll,
3: you'll, 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 you'll,
0: you'll, 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 you you just wanted to offend some people if I could. <laughs> is the number to call. We reached that time in our program where it's time for
3: the day five fifty fifty news report. Good evening and welcome to another edition of the most comprehensive news segment in the pro wrestling podcast game. Today, the day five fifty fifty news report only heard at the top of the hour right here at the Ken Reedy Show. The best in pro wrestling talk. Now, before I get into this week's top stories, don't forget to follow B-Plus Players Radio (laughs) on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you can find us, like us, or follow us to be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast network in the business today. More importantly, B-Plus Player Radio is where you can find this show each and every week. Catch the replay of our live Sunday shows dropping at late Sunday night, possibly early Monday morning. And if it's not available, then send your thoughts and concerns in a timely manner, and politely, may I add, And if it's not possible, then by all means, please use profanity if necessary. You have my permission. To the guy who is the social butterfly of indie pro wrestling ring announcing, I'm referring to Mark Adam Haggerty, who also hosts his very own show, The Outsider's Edge. So what are you waiting for? Subscribe to B-Plus Players Radio right now and see what I'm talking about. The Pro Wrestling Podcast game is rapidly evolving, and we would like for you to be a part of it with us at B-Plus Players Radio. And now that I've got all of that out of the way, it's time for this week's top stories. In our first story this week, WWE superstar Jeff Hardy underwent shoulder surgery last week to repair a torn rotator cuff. The injury allegedly occurred at the Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view during the tag team Iron Man match against The Bar. Hardy and company officials were hoping he could work through the pain, but recently things had taken a turn for the worse. As time went on, Hardy also suffered a torn labrum, which he's now expected to get worked on this upcoming week. His estimated timetable for a return is sometime in early May, which means he will miss WrestleMania 34. Jeff's brother Matt, on the other hand, has dropped hints on social media of a broken or woken arrival to wwe rumors have circulated that once jeff went down with an injury matt pitched several ideas to wwe creative regarding a singles role on television my second story the hardy's former team extreme counterpart lita is in the news this week as she took part in A Q&A session and an autograph signing in paris france recently now what seems to be particularly newsworthy from this event was what lita had to say regarding the women's division in wwe Lita revealed that WWE is considering hosting a female Royal Rumble match, hopefully at the upcoming Royal Rumble event in 2018. With the success of the Mae Young Classic and the amount of female competitors that are rumored to be signing with WWE now could be as good a time as ever with a stacked female roster to host an event of that kind. The other piece of information Lita divulged was talk of a potential women's tag team division in WWE. She also revealed that WWE management had discussed this idea as well due to the same reasons I made mention of earlier. And after hearing this, I felt compelled to reach out to the folks in the writing department, so allow me to read aloud to you a rough draft of my letter to WWE creative. Dear WWE creative, it seems that you may be getting ahead of yourself, so allow me to bring you down to earth. You have two male tag team divisions that, albeit, are seen in a better light these days could still be open to some improvement. So until you can get a good formula going with that, let's stay away from adding another championship to the mix. Sincerely, Mr. Dave Five. My third story this week, two individuals who have been compared to both Matt and Jeff Hardy, the Young Bucks, have been in the crosshairs of WWE's legal team as the duo recently received cease and desist letters from the company for using the popular Too Sweet Hand Gesture. The was brought to life thanks to the infamous behind-the-scenes group, The Click, but more importantly, famously used by the NWO in the late 90s. Following this, the Bucks released cease-and-desist Bullet Club shirts at ProWrestlingTees.com, with sales growing rapidly, may I add. This past week, on a YouTube episode of Being the Elite, the popular tandem videotaped themselves burning their Bullet Club to sweet merchandise. Speculation has it that the team did this as a way of adhering to WWE's legal threat as they may not have the financial means to compete with WWE's legal resources in a court of law. The damages WWE claims the Bucks caused them in merchandise is upwards of $150,000. My fourth story is a follow-up story this week. I reported a few weeks back on the potential of a future fourth season of Lucha Underground and those prospects. Not looking very good. Tonight, I can report via WrestlingInc.com that Lucha Underground may in fact have found funding for a fourth season. The catch here is that budgeting for each episode and for the entire season would be cut drastically. The company is known for filming vignettes in a cinematic style and reports out now say that the quality of the product may in fact change if this fourth season takes a huge budgetary dip. Dave Meltzer and the Wrestling Observer Radio report that through their sources, several talents on the roster are looking for their releases or some kind of way out of their contracts. Names can't be reported at this time, but it looks as if the popular upstart promotion is at a crossroads going forward. And in my final story this week, in some somber news, the voice of Memphis wrestling, Lance Russell, passed away this past week at the age of 91. His passing comes after complications from a fall the week prior, according to his son via Lance's official Facebook page. Russell was a mainstay for Southern Wrestling behind the microphone as he worked with Jerry the King Lawler and Jerry Jarrett for the Continental Wrestling Association in Memphis. Russell was the voice behind arguably the biggest storyline in Jerry Lawler's career as he tangled with comedian Andy Kaufman. Lance Russell also appeared for WCW in the early 90s on their syndicated programming before making a stop at Jim Cornette's Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Russell also appeared in the 1999 film Man on the Moon, portraying a ring announcer during the scenes involving matches with Lawler and Andy Kaufman, played by Jim Carrey. Ironically enough, good old J.R. Jim Ross played the role of Lance Russell in that very same film. Russell retired two years prior in 1997, leaving a 40-year legacy in the business. We here at the Kendry Show would like to pass our condolences to the friends and family of Lance Russell. May he rest in peace, fellas. It's time to step up your game. It's time you stop giving us wrestling fans a bad name. It's time you start growing up while still being able to maintain your pro wrestling fandom. And the solution for all you single wrestling fans: door decor. Custom wreaths, signs, or any other home decor could add personality to one's cozy living quarters. Cozy living quarters, even if it's your parents' basement. It may in fact impress that lucky someone you've been eyeballing for quite some time now. Door decor could show your sensitive side and make those potential potential damsels in distress forget about your wrestling action figure collection you hold so near and dear not sure what you're looking for, or have a special theme in mind, maybe a pro wrestling theme, maybe not a pro wrestling theme, whatever it is you may be looking for, just reach out to Nicole on Facebook at Door Decor by Nicole, or go to her Etsy store at Decor Door Boutique. She'll be able to help design and create the perfect piece to hang in your home or to show that special someone you're not as weird as your Tinder profile makes you out to be. What are you waiting for? The future Mrs. Kayfabe may be out there, and Door Decor wants to help. Like and search now. And there you have it, folks. Thanks for tuning in to the Dave Five Fifty Fifty News Report. Check back here next week for more rumor and innuendo, as only I can report it. Now let's continue the Hell in the Cell pregame show as we send it back to the boys. Rocky, Ken, take it away.
0: And here we go, and... Honestly, the way I structure the show tonight and the match we've gone from this point on, in my humble opinion, every match we're talking about from now on has match of the night potential. So 50% of this card has match of the night potential, which is why, as we talked about at the top of the show, that this pay-per-view has, has potential to be a pay-per-view of the year. And, but at the same time, potential could be a dirty word. So let's get into it.
1: And I'd like to
0: go after and talk about the ladies. As we talk about Natalia and Charlotte, two ladies that have lineage, two ladies that have
3: an unbelievable
0: amount of talent. Uh, Charlotte Flair, someone who has been a uh, champion, time and time again, who has been elevated to the uh, stratosphere, where she, quite frankly, may be the greatest female wrestler ever when it's all said and done.
3: Natalia,
0: someone who has suffered through the diva era to finally be put in a position to be taken seriously. To me, Natalia, for a long time, was probably the best female worker on the card never getting her just due. Now we get these two going after
1: the SmackDown Women's
0: Championship. These two have battled for championships time and time again before. And it's amazing, man. And, and I want to get both of you to give us a take on the idea of match of the night because how, all, how many times have we talked about over the past year or so of ladies' matches potentially being match of the night. Whereas the run of this show, 90% of the, the run of this show, we're talking about the ladies' match being the bathroom break,
3: the ladies'
0: match being a throwaway match,
3: the ladies'
0: match being something. Let's pick that one first and get it out of the way. And over the course of the past year or so, we've talked a lot about ladies' matches potentially being Match of the night.
3: Is this my pick
0: for match of the night? Maybe, maybe not. We'll get into that a little bit later on. But I definitely think this is in the running for match of the night. And I will say that with some of the things coming up down the road, and there's stuff coming on outside of the WWE,
3: the Ric Flair
0: documentary coming up shortly on ESPN, the 30 for 30 that's going to debut in November, um, the fact that uh, Charlotte has been on a book tour, uh, Second Nature, which I think is such an awesome title for her book. Um, I think right now, everything that's going on outside of the WWE uh, would benefit from Charlotte going around holding on to a women's championship. So, as much as for me as a fan, I would love to see Natalia hold on to that belt a little bit later on. And if I get this pick wrong, I'll be kind of happy because I dig Natalia and I think Natalia deserves a lot better than she got over the bulk of her career. I think she is super talented. Um, but I think that right now they're looking to put that belt on Charlotte Flair. Charlotte, again, she's incredible. And I, I look to her to become victorious tonight. So I think it's going to be a hell of a matchup. Two people that get wrestling Two people that know how to put on a show, two two individuals, two individuals that know how to how to portray character. So I am looking at Charlotte Flair to come away as your new WWE SmackDown Women's Champion.
2: Well, Ken, I think you are absolutely correct. As in this match could be one of many matches on this card that have the potential to be match of the night. Um, I love the the lineage the lineage angle. You have the hearts, you have the flares. Um I'm right there with you. Uh, I love that Natalia after, you know, going through all that she's gone through through the Diva era, through the era of, you know, not being taken seriously to these past couple of years where women's wrestling has really advanced leaps and bounds. And, you know, in my opinion Natalia is where she should be. She is at the pinnacle. She has always been a a, a consummate worker. And then you have uh, Charlotte Flair, who has obvious, you know, blood talent and has uh, displayed that time and time again. And both of these ladies can absolutely put on a five-star match. But one thing you, you did fail to touch on that could be a factor is we do have a lady out there with a Money in the Bank briefcase. Do have Carmella Floating in the wings now, do we see a cash in tonight, considering the, the considering the kind of match that both Charlotte Flair and Natalia can put on and the physical uh, trials they can put each other through i'm thinking it, it might not be too uh, too unbelievable for Carmella to try to pounce on uh, on whoever is the victor, because I can see these two uh, really exhausting each other. That being said, I don't think that's happening tonight. Um, I'm hoping that this is not the end of this program. I want to see them clash again. Um, I can agree with you that everything that happened to Charlotte Flair, she could, you know, sure she would benefit from the uh, addition of the women's championship belt. But I am going to disagree with you because I do think that Natalia uh, right now is really uh, digging her heels in and being that champion. And I'm really if let's just put it this way: if Natalia beats Charlotte at least this time, in my opinion, it really legitimizes her rut because she's beaten a real tough contender to stay on top of that mountain. Sure, sure, maybe Charlotte meets you know maybe they clash again and Charlotte picks up the victory. But I think at this point Natalia needs this victory to legitimize the run.
0: That's good stuff. And it's interesting you did bring up the potential cash in. I agree with you. I don't. I don't think there's going to be a cash in, but it wouldn't shock me if we have a tease. And I agree with you. I think these two are going to leave it all out there. So you do have that potential of the victory. But both of them laying flat on their back, like after the win, like they both leave it completely out there. So like you know, bitch starts moonwalking down the ramp and shit, and but then but then whoever wins winds up kind of recovering. It's like oh no 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 no. And maybe her little little puppy dog winds up taking a, a move from one of the ladies in the ring. But I, I it's good that you brought that up. But I agree with you. I don't think we'll see a cash in. But again, I I wouldn't be surprised if we see a tease of one. Uh, what are your thoughts, Dave?
3: Uh, gentlemen, before I get into that, we have a little sidebar, some breaking news. Uh, this might affect uh, one of our picks uh, that we mentioned earlier. It was announced on the kickoff show that Ty Dillinger has now been added to the United States Championship match with AJ Styles and Baron Corbin. So, Wow. Group consen- so group consensus here, guys. Do we still go with our same picks, or do you want to repick?
0: Uh, I mean, I think it's fair to go with a rebig. I'm going to stick with
2: Styles
0: on that, and I'm going to ask why. <laughs> it makes me well, less interested in this well, match.
2: But in in light of that information, then I'm going to change my pick because now I'm definitely going to say Styles. Styles gets it. Uh, I don't see. I can definitely see Ty getting in the way with the with the history he's had with Corbin. I can see that absolutely south taking it. And maybe
0: maybe that pulls, which would be interesting, maybe that pulls Corbin out of a a title picture
2: and just gives him a good good mid-card rival where maybe he can
0: sink his teeth into that a little
2: bit. Uh, And and I have to apologize to to the audience. Actually, no, I'm staying with my pick. You're you're staying with Corbin. Because because now I'm just thinking about it. You know, Dave, you gave me that. It just made me think the gears are turning – it gives an excuse to get the belt off of A.J. and him not actually having to lose.
0: Well, I'm going so,
3: with Styles.
2: What are your
0: thoughts, Dave?
3: You just said something, Rocky, that's now got me tossing and turning and figuring out if I want to – you're probably <laughs> going to be the bastard. You're probably going to be the bastard. I can never go after you. I swear, I, swear, I can never go after you with your picks because I always end up getting – somehow so with that being said so with that being said i you know i'm gonna stick with my pick you you bring up a great point and you're probably going to be right now curse you later when i text you later but um <laughs> but yeah all right i'm gonna stick with my pick i'm gonna go with styles and i'm probably gonna lose but i'll go with styles nonetheless so yeah stick with my pick now yeah it, it,
0: it definitely does long to itself to like corbin pinning uh dillinger but, uh, all right so today, what dave what are your what thoughts on the ladies match
3: I'm looking forward to this match, okay? This is one of the matches on the card I'm looking forward to. For for the past year or so, they've talked about Charlotte and Sasha and the great rivalry that they've had and how they've helped out the game with women's wrestling, and I'm not taking anything away from them. I know there's some Sasha Sasha Banks hate on this show. She's not, you know, in favor of some of us here. I think she's got, you know, potential, and she's she's not bad in the ring, but, you know... She could could use some improvement, okay? I will say that. I I don't hate on Sasha, and I think her contributions to women's wrestling in WWE has been tremendous, okay? I think she's one of the staples in, in women's wrestling in WWE. But the chemistry that she has with Charlotte, her and Charlotte's chemistry in those matches does not compare to the chemistry that Charlotte and Natalya have had in their prior matches. I go back to May 29th, 2014, NXT TakeOver, the vacant NXT Women's Championship. Charlotte and Natty tore the house down. That was the first women's match since they started really ushering in women's wrestling on WWE TV that, like, just blew the roof off. Like, it was, for me, I was like, holy cow, like, they're going to, they're really going full bore with this, and they're going all out. Like, like after that night, I thought, well, they need to put Charlotte on the main roster now, and that was three years ago. And then you go fast forward to the Roadblock uh, WWE Network special in March of 2016 in Toronto. They tore the house down there. That was probably match of the night in my opinion. And then Payback last year, and uh, uh, April of twenty six A month or two later, two months later, they had a match at Payback. They just they. Every match they have together, the two of them just set the bar. They're very entertaining. And I like when they get in the ring together. I like their matches better than I like Sasha and Charlotte's matches. And I don't dislike their matches, but I think Charlotte and Natalia are that much better together than Charlotte and Sasha in singles bouts. Um, but every time Charlotte and Natalia have been in the ring, Charlotte has had Natalia's number. And like you said, Ken, with Rick's ailing health the ESPN 30 for 30 special, the book coming out. It's a nice little, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, chink in the armor, so to speak, to have the title around her while she's promoting all this stuff. I don't think Natalia is going to come out with a victory tonight. I think Charlotte is going to win, become the SmackDown Live Women's Champion. And here's another feather in her cap. She was the first woman to win a Hell in a Cell match. She will be the first woman to not only capture the NXT women's title, but the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships. Charlotte with the victory. But and then, Oh, sorry, cash in? No cash in tonight. Cash in's coming next month at Survivor Series and the 20-year anniversary of the screw job. Charlotte and Natty will have a match, and Carmella will cash in and screw both of them. And once again, a heart will get screwed at Survivor Series.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like where you're guys.
3: That's fair. That's fair. And, and it, it's
0: interesting because I mean, the thing is with, with the WWE, I think as a whole, in any sort of um, artistic, uh, entertainment kind of avenue that you might uh, pursue. Um, and when it comes to
1: Sasha, I, I
0: just think, I haven't seen the growth. Where to me, like, Sasha is still Sasha, and where I have just seen such improvements from Charlotte since she entered the main roster. And I think that's part of it. Like You can't look at, as a
2: WWE star,
0: if you want to be the top of your craft, you can't look at getting to the main roster as the finish line. And to me, and Becky Lynch to me is is in a similar situation. I, I just look at them as very talented wrestlers that got to the main roster. In fact, I look at Baron Corbin in the same vein. But you get that main roster, you have to continue to grow. You have to continue to expand what you can do in that ring. You have to continue to make your character more interesting. And and that's why I give Charlotte all the credit in the world, that she's just continued to improve, where I think Sasha is very talented, but continues to just be what she was when she came up. Um, I, and right now, I think when you look at Sasha, Becky Lynch, and you look at Charlotte, Charlotte's just on a different level right now. And Natty and is someone who's got it in her blood. She always had. And, and to me, Natty like, is someone who had
2: the, the ability to step
0: up and improve and show what she had on the main roster, but was being stifled. And now that finally ladies wrestling is being taken seriously, Maddie's having an opportunity to really show how talented she is. So, I'm again, ladies match, potentially match of the night. And let's go on to our next potential match of the night. I'm looking forward to this match being absolutely glorious. As Bobby Roode takes on Dolph Ziggler. And what the hell, I'll kick off the picks on this one. Look, man, I love Dolph Ziggler. I love what he brings to the table. And honestly, I love the, the, the character right now. I think that's pretty cool that and it probably stems from something in real life that, you know, you can almost see him, like, pissing and moaning in a in the locker room. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry, my entrance and my character isn't as great as everyone else. I just happen to be a good wrestler. Um, it's been fun. I'm I'm really interested to see like what entrance he comes up with tonight. Um, unfortunately, I think Dolph Ziggler has kind of found himself in a place probably because he's so talented. Look, I don't know the guy, and I don't know what he wants. If I was a professional wrestler and I was able to be employed by the WWE and I was being paid and making a good living and my role was to
1: put over other
0: guys, Hell, man, I'm in the WWE. Screw it. Whatever, that's my role. Um, I would love to see Dolph Ziggler be elevated, but seemingly right now I think his position is to help put over other guys, help elevate other guys when they get in. I think this is going to be a kick-ass matchup. I I think you're going to have two guys that uh, have good grasp of their characters, plus two guys who can go in the ring. Um, I'm a big fan of both of these guys and what they can do. But I think this is a case of the evolution and the elevation of Bobby Roode. I hope it's not the end for these two, but I'm going to say Bobby Roode learns up being victorious against Dolph Ziggler. Here's
3: your thoughts, Dave? I'm really looking forward to this match. I like both guys. We've talked about it before. I've been a big fan of Root since his days back in TNA. Um, I was leading that Dolph Ziggler bandwagon five years ago on this show, and I still am. I think he's super talented. I think he's needed a fresh coat of paint for a while, and I think we're starting to see some of that with him, with just mocking the other guys in their entrances. I think it's pretty cool. Um, some of it's a little obnoxious, but for the most part overall, I like the presentation. I like the fire that he brings out in it. Um, the stuff with Bobby Roode and him back and forth the other night were pretty good, and I expect nothing but a, 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 a damn good wrestling match, and a, a kick-ass wrestling match between the two. And like you, I hope this doesn't end between these two, but Bobby Roode right now, like, coming off hot from NXT onto the main roster, he gets great reactions. Uh, I can't see... Bobby Roode losing his debut pay-per-view match on the main roster. And if he's going to lose it to someone, it's, you know, win beat someone, you know, starting off against a guy like Dolph Ziggler, who is, who is polished as he is. That's uh, to me, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Dolph, he's a mechanic on the card. He helped get, he helps get guys over. Um, And uh, you know, do I wish there was more for him? Absolutely. Do I wish he was in a better position? Absolutely. But he's in a damn good position against Bobby Roode on a pay-per-view And uh, I expect this match to, quite frankly, I'm not going to, like I said, there's potential match of the night, you know, candidates. Obviously this is one of them. Um, Hopefully this gets plenty of time and, 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 and does it justice. Bobby Roode with the victory.
2: Well, I'm going to say that I agree with every point that both of you have brought up. And obviously both of these guys have boatloads of talent, Um. They're going to go in the ring. They're going to entertain the crowd. The crowd's going to pop huge. Um, And I agree in that. I hope that this isn't the end and that we see more of these guys. But due to that uh, viewpoint, I am going to disagree with you as to the victor of the match. And, Ken, please don't leap over the desk and choke me. I know how much you love Bobby Roode. He's glorious. He He is glorious. But in my estimation, in order for this program to continue, you have to give a reason for Bobby to want to keep on beating on uh, Ziegler. And I think Ziegler and his new coat of paint, I'm liking this coat of paint. I'm liking this indignant, just, I don't give a crap about anyone or anything, uh, Dolph Ziegler. I think he's going to win in an underhanded way. I think it's going to be a total screw job. Uh, but I think Dolph is going to come out with a victory, and Bobby is just going to be so angry that he got screwed, and that is his impetus to keep on pursuing Dolph Ziggler. And I think they're going to—they're probably going to bring the house down today. And I look forward to the next time they're both going to bring the house down.
0: That would not be glorious.
2: Well, <laughs> it now, makes for a good show. It would.
0: Now let's get into our last two matches. Which Michelle
2: are, are both. Wow. 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 <laughs> uh, am I gonna have to do
0: CPR? I don't, I don't I actually. <laughs> I almost <laughs> made myself <laughs> yak. <doing that. laughs> like, I went too far. In the I like, you kind of get into that like tighten your throat, guttural kind of thing. Like open your gullet. Too far open that. your gullet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh look who's coming down to the ring. He
1: he does not he, he's not hype. He, he <laughs> oh,
0: <I'm>, um, <laughs> you don't he's
1: changed I'm i
0: he's hype. My man Mojo. Mojo. Mojo Riley. He's on the ropes
2: now. I'm a mojo, not a homo. Okay. Let's Let's get into into stuff stuff that Dave (laughs) wants to talk about. Last two
0: Hell in a Cell
2: matches. (laughs) New Day
0: versus the Usos in a Hell in a Cell matchup. I gotta say, guys, and I've said it before, I've always been a fan of the Usos. I am really digging, you know, their their whole persona. I, I dug their promo this past week on SmackDown. I like everything they've done. You know, as I hearken back to old-school tag team wrestling, the Uso's, to me, are the best in the business. They are the consummate tag team.
3: They're not two singles
0: guys put together. They're a tag team. They are a
1: team. They finish each other's lines when they're doing
0: promos. Their timing was spot on with that promo. I dig everything
1: they've done. Since they, since they turned heel. Uh, getting
0: these guys in a Hell in a Cell matchup, brilliant. I, I think these guys are going to tear the goddamn house down tonight. Uh, you got Biggie and Kofi with Xavier Woods in, in their corner. I, I think this, this match is going to be absolutely phenomenal. I, I think these guys, the chemistry is there, the talent is there the ability to be the consummate tag team and wrestle the tag team style is there for for both teams. I I think this is going to be an incredible matchup. matchup. Dave, what are are your thoughts thoughts on this match?
3: I can't wait for this match. Every match they've had on pay-per-view, they've torn the house down. Every match. Their Sin City SmackDown street fight they had a few weeks ago tore it up. And I feel like in the SmackDown tag team division – with what's going on right now, you know, you got the, like we talked about earlier, Gable and uh, Benjamin are starting to form as a team. The Breezango's kind of floated around. The Ascension, they just suck, but they're still employed. And then you got, you know, <laughs> you, got the, you got the high throws, and one of them sucks, and he shouldn't be employed. <laughs> and, and I feel like if this is it tonight, if this is the final match in their series of matches, then anything else afterwards is, like, miles and miles apart, step, a step behind. I can see these two teams, like I said in my throwback, I can see these two, two teams go at it again if they did, like, a best-of-seven series of some kind or if they added more stipulations to their matches. They've just outdone themselves each time. They set the bar. And the hell in the cell, they're going to – We've we've always complained on this show and a lot of wrestling fans always complain that the hell in the cell concept in the PG era has not been violent enough. But I think the the amount of ability that both these teams have and the chemistry they have in in previous matches going into tonight's match, we're not going to give a shit about the violence factor in that hell in the cell match. We're just going to want to see these two guys, be, see these two teams be innovative and tear the house down and I expect nothing less. So, with all of that being said, I think right now with the landscape of what tag team wrestling is on SmackDown, like I said, it would be a step behind. But there's not that many heel tag teams to really to have credibility on SmackDown that could really challenge the New Day after tonight. So I'm going with the Usos for the victory and new SmackDown Live tag team champions. And I, I'm,
0: I'm in total agreement with you. I think that. It's- the pursuit is always more entertaining than having the title. And, and that's part of getting back to, you know, everything I'm saying about the Usos and what they've done. Like, they, they've gone – and it's, they're still an athletic tag team. They still give us entertaining spots. They, they still give us some high-flying action. But they've been able to, to tweak their style where they're mean. They're mean, violent guys now. Now that they've gone from being a a team that that performs spots and looks for the crowd to react to doing things to hurt people. And it's really worked. I I think their transition from heel from face is one of the best we've seen in a long time. And I I think this match is going to be phenomenal uh, I, I just think we're going to see a lot of violence. I agree with you, Dave. I think we're going to see some crazy spots, but spots that are hard hitting. Spots that are not just, I did sixty three fifty 50 doodles to, to get the crowd to pop. But we're going to see spots where
3: we're going to be
0: like, oh my God, is he alive? Kind of spots. I think we're, we're going to get some intense shit in this matchup that is, is really going to kind of blow us away. And I agree with you. The Usos have put themselves in a position that they're so good, so talented, and quite frankly, borderline evil, that they're a team to chase
1: after. They're a
0: team that who will be the guy that will be able to vanquish the enemy, the the evil Usos. So I think the Usos are in a position to be that team, to be those heel champions. I'm going to go with the Usos with the victory.
2: Well, Ken, I think you opened this up and you used the term that was probably the most apropos in this case, and that term is chemistry. The chemistry that these teams have in facing each other is off the charts. Uh, Like, to go back to what Dave was saying, every single time these teams have met, they've torn the house down. Hands down. There's no argument. You know, not even anyone in the IWC – or the old school fans, or any fans, can can argue that fact, and I thoroughly look forward to it. I think they're going to do it again. I think they're going to they're going to, like you said, Ken, they're going to do some nutty spots. You know, if Joey Styles was he, what was commentating, we'd hear, "Oh my God!" So many times, our ears would would, would be ringing. And honestly, to make a pick as to who comes away with the victory. To me, for this match, it's, a, it's literally a coin flip. Uh, I, I can easily make the case for either team coming out as a victor of this match. Because to, to go back to another thing both of you said, I want this to happen again. I want to see them go at it again. And to me, in order to see that happen again, I'm going to actually have to say the New Day retains. Um, I think it's going to be a hard-hitting. It's going to be a physical. They're both going to be exhausted. They're going to be peeling them off the mat, but I think at the end of the day, especially when you have Xavier Woods there as that X factor, that third factor, I think the advantage has to go to the New Day and... Yeah, like I said, this is a coin flip. Uh, I'm I just picking New Day simply because it landed on heads. Hoo-wah. Rocky,
1: the devil's
0: advocate. Craziness. Two one new day as we get set to pick our last match. And as I said at the top of the show, An old-school blood feud. I love the way this feud has been set up, the involvement of family, visceral kind of hatred between two characters. I I dig this a lot. I really do. Um, This this is uh, some good old-fashioned storytelling that, you know, you, you just... You wonder when you look at creative and you look at some of the other things going on, when they hit the nail on the head, it's like, why don't you do this more often? Uh, The involvement of Vince McMahon in this storyline. Kevin Owens,
3: very good at cutting a
0: promo. Shane McMahon, he is who he is. Shane McMahon has, has
3: put himself in a position
0: where, because of the spots he's pulled off in the past, where whenever he gets involved in something, I think for fans, it's almost like they start to have that potential. Like, what's going to happen now? Like, what is he going to do? Um, and, I, I, and we're going to go into picks, and I'll kick off the picks for this match, but I would like you both to give me your thoughts on the one thing I don't like about this match, with all the positives that I think we can say about setting up this program, I don't like it all the full count anywhere. I I, kind of get it, but the whole essence of Hell in a Cell, since its concept was nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. You're locked in. That's it. No, you can't go anywhere. You've been ducking me all this time. I'm going to beat your head in now. Once that door is locked, you're mine. Now, I get it. The history of Hell in a Cell, people always get out. They figure out a way. But the essence and the theme involved in Hell in a Cell is you're locked in. There's no place to go. Now, if the promo was cut on SmackDown and Shane McMahon came out and said,
3: you know, I finally got
0: you where I want you,
3: and when that
0: door is locked, and you're in there with me, you're mine, and I'm going to own you, and I'm going to inflict upon you all the violence I can for giving my family a bad name, for bad-mouthing my family. But I'll tell you something. If in some way, shape, or form you figure out a way to escape that cell from this point forward, there's a false count anywhere matchup. So I will hunt you down, and I will pin you where I need to pin you, Okay, maybe, maybe I, I, I I can get behind it there, there. But, but the way it was just kind of announced that like that balls anywhere, it's like, that's that's totally against the essence of what Hell in a Cell is. That the point of Hell in a Cell is like you're trapped, you're trapped with your enemy,
1: and, and you have
0: to survive that entrapment. So I'm I'm not the biggest fan of that um, because I think it kind of gives away a little bit of obviously they're going to get out. Uh, One of the reports that we're hearing from some of the dirt sheets is that Shane is older and maybe doesn't want to do as crazy shit as he used to do, and
3: that they might
0: film a a backstage stunt beforehand with a stuntman, and
3: that's why I'm going right
0: on the dirt sheets today. That, that, That might be one of the reasons why it was a false count anywhere kind of match, so we'll so, if there's a stunt backstage, it could be pre-taped. Again, Dirt take angry with a grain of salt, believe what you want to believe.
1: Not the biggest fan of false
0: count anywhere. Um, when I look at this, Shane McMahon, to me, is firmly in a position of putting other guys over. That's his role. His role is to pull off something crazy, get the crowd to pop, and then give the other guy the rub. So that being said, I'm going with Kevin Owens
2: with the victory. Well, uh, Ken, I think you bring up a great point as far as the introduction of a false count anywhere. I, you know, I'll go one further. You say you kind of get it. I don't get it. I don't like it. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree with you. The essence of Hell in a Cell is supposed to be that you're locked in a cage. That's the whole point. There's a whole point to be the difference between a cage match and a Hell in a Cell. You have a ceiling. You're supposed to be in there. You cannot escape. Now you're going to face your comeuppance one way or another. And absolutely, if you look at history, Hell in a Cell matches, sure, they get get out. But now you have pretty much announced the fact. Like, yes, we know they're going to get out. But, uh, you know, in this case... Um, the this, this the announcement of this stipulation is actually going to factor into my pick. Uh, I'm going to go back to what I was when I said at the beginning of the program. I enjoyed the build up. I thought the build up was spot on. Um, it was a, a testament to the McMahon family still has it because just the involvement, you know, Shane's involvement, Vince's involvement, and everything that he did. And to Kevin Owens' credit, you know, I'm playing his everything let up, you know, a great buildup to what is potentially a match of the night. With all that being said, as far as my pick, due to the announcement of the false count anywhere stipulation, to me what that tells me is that Shane McMahon is going to come up with a victory. Because what it does is it gives an out as to why Kevin Owens, an established wrestler, would actually lose to Shane McMahon. Because like I said before, I don't know how long, how much longer Shane has, as far as being an in-ring competitor. Uh, you know, he he he's done, you know, to what whatever the dirt sheets are saying. I can, it's believable because let's face it, the man has done some nutty stunts for for whatever age you want to be, and forever. Uh, physical state you want to be. The man has got some cojones to do some of the stunts he's pulled. But, you know, to have this stipulation thrown in there, um, it gives them an out. And I think it serves Kevin Owens' character, especially when his character has been one that has complained that he's being screwed over and screwed over and screwed over. Well, well, Hello, baby. We have another screw job for you right here. Uh, it also pushes forth the old the old lesson, the age old lesson in professional wrestling. You don't screw with the McMahon family. So my pick is Shane for the victory. Wow. So we have
0: two different viewpoints right now on that matchup. Break the tie Dave Who do you think
3: comes out victorious in this match Well before I break the tie gentlemen We're all on the board Because Gable and Benjamin defeated Zack Ryder And that one man Bushwhacker on cocaine <laughs> 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 I,
2: I think that's probably the funniest term You, you have used for For my man Mojo I, a, I can't even be mad at that
3: He's such a loser In a window licker Anyhow Um <laughs> break this tie, Rocky, you made a great point about that false count anywhere stipulation. I mean, that, that to me, once again, every time I go after you with a pick, you come up with something to say that makes me change my mind, and then I get fucked over on my pick again. <laughs> so, but I'm not going to let it get the best of me like Mojo Rowley does, okay? I'm not, I'm not I promise. I'm not going to freak out
2: haven't you realized my strategy by now <laughs> yeah
3: i know jesus we're like three quarters of the way into the 2017 pay-per-view picks and i'm all i'm obviously going after you we're gonna have to make some rule changes as we get into 2018 <laughs> <laughs> this is getting ridiculous is malarkey
0: anyhow um
3: the, the false count anywhere stipulation is a great point that you made up and like, I read that same thing you read on the Dirt Sheets, Ken, about the, the you know, maybe you know, they're going to do something pre-recorded. A stuntman will do it. I mean, you have to remember, he you know, Shane McMahon almost had his come-to-Jesus moment over the summer with that helicopter landing in the middle of the Long Island Sound. So, I mean, maybe, maybe he came to his senses and was like, all right, you know, I'll do this for Dad, but we're going to have to do an alternate way of making it look like it did something crazy because I'm not doing that shit again after I almost lost my life in the middle of the water. Um, you know, so you got to remember that too. Like maybe that's one of the factors, you know, not only his age, but like I said, you know, he, he almost died in a helicopter crash. It might put some things into perspective. So um, I think it, I think that stipulation leaves for something like that to occur with like a pre-recorded segment and a stunt man getting involved or, it leads to a situation where he does do something crazy and jumps off the cell or Owens throws him off the cell or whatever the case is, or maybe power bombs him through it and into the ring. I don't know, but something we're going to see something like some kind of Holy shit moment in this match. In my opinion, whether Shane does it or whether they hire some stuntman to do it. Um, I think regardless of the outcome of this match, whoever wins, both these, we're going to see something develop that, that gets the ball rolling to WrestleMania. A lot of people haven't factored in that Stephanie McMahon made an appearance during that segment with Vince, and she's been off TV since past year's WrestleMania, and there's been rumors that Owens might go back to Raw. He's been advertised for Raw live events in the, in the, the, the coming months, so this could be a way, whether he wins or loses, to get him off of SmackDown and move him over to Raw. Now, we I've heard theories of Sami Zayn getting involved somehow and maybe him screwing Shane over to help Owens win. I've heard maybe some involvement where Triple H gets involved. He helps Owens screw Shane or this sets up Owens beating Shane and then getting him ready for Hunter at WrestleMania. I've heard a bunch of different scenarios, but whatever happens, because it's all rumor and innuendo, I think we're going to see – the outcome of the match is going to kind of give us some kind of direction on what not only Owens is going to do at WrestleMania, but quite possibly what Shane McMahon is going to be doing at WrestleMania in 2018. So I'm expecting a brutal physical match, some high spots, some crazy stunts. You know, like Rocky said, this was a test to kind of prove if the McMahon still have it, they've made this match very credible with their involvement in it and it's for a finish like Hell in the Cell The Hell in the Cell match It's not just two guys getting thrown in the cell It's a personal rivalry that needs to be settled Inside the cell I'm going to go with Kevin Owens for the victory Because I think Nothing hurts Shane winning this ma- Nothing hurts Shane losing this match People pop for him like crazy Owens, he's been on fire Since he's been doing this stuff with Shane McMahon and, and or I would say even The stuff he's been doing since he's been with Jericho Even last year and I think this is just more about elevating him to the next level.
0: Oh, man. there you have
3: all it. Owens
0: like, victorious.
3: Rocky standing out on
1: the again. Like, yeah, yeah, and as you look and it's awesome, man. As it's a
0: wrestling fan, fan, You know, you look at this, and and, um, and, it's and it's this is kind, kind of, of the reason why I the like, show. Like we're all we're wrestling fans,
1: we can sit here and do the show,
0: and like
3: nitpick and bash it
0: and and get as negative as we want and
3: we could do it
0: we could find stuff wrong but jesus man i'm a wrestling fan i want to enjoy this like this is this is my escape from the real world i don't want to be stressed about wrestling i want to enjoy it and um you know as as we run through this um when you got 50 percent of a given card has the potential to be match of the night Um, and you're looking looking at potential match match of the year kind of candidates, on paper at least, Um, that's pretty freaking cool. And I think wrestling fans should, uh, don't be nitpicky, Uh, just sit back and enjoy this and and enjoy what these men and ladies kind of do as they put their health and well-being on the line to to entertain us fans. And that all being said, and we're going to go around the horn at this point, and I'll kick it off and then I'll go to Dave. (laughs) <laughs> just so Rocky has to go, go Go last But I want everyone's take on Match of the Night As we got Just about Let's look at the time We got a, uh, about three and a half minutes left on the show When I look at this There are a lot of Match of the Night candidates Wouldn't be shocked if Bobby Roode And Dolph Ziggler give us a match of the night
3: Honestly I think it's
0: incredible The climate of wrestling right now wouldn't shock me if, if Charlotte and Natalia Nathalie give us a match tonight. If McMahon only give us a match tonight, night, that would surprise me also. But if, if you're going to stick me in, in Vegas, Vegas and tell me i, I got to put my money down on who's going to be a match, match tonight tonight, New Day and the Usos, Hell in a cell. We, we talked, talked about, about it here. Chemistry when it comes to wrestling is key. These guys get
3: Wrestling, they They get get chemistry. chemistry,
0: They they get get putting putting each other over. The Usos, Kudos, they they get get heel psychology. psychology. I, I, I suspect suspect some fun, violent spots. I think think it's going to be be an incredible matchup matchup with two teams
3: that really get it, it, that really
0: really know how to bring it. it. So So for me, my pick match match of the night. I'm talking tag team championship match, New Day versus the Usos.
3: Those are the guys
0: that tear the roof off
3: and give us a match
0: tonight. Who's your candidate, Dave?
3: I'm putting my money where you're putting it. Day. New Day. <laughs> <laughs> New Day and the Usos. Um, when, when they announced this match, I was, I was pumped for it. I mean, I, I was just pumped for it. And yeah, that's it. I, there's nothing else to say. There's nothing else to say. U- New Day-Usos match of the night.
2: Well, uh, you know what? What I'm going to say is that is absolutely the safe bet. And it seems to me, from at least for myself, my theme for this night has been not the safe bet. So I'm, not, I'm going to differ with both of you, although I, you absolutely have solid points. I'm also going to go to another match that has happened before, that Dave pointed out has happened before, and every time it's happened, they tear the house down. I'm actually going to throw my lot in with the ladies. Charlotte Flair, Natty Nightheart. I think, you know, like Dave said, they've always t- torn the house down before. I look forward to seeing what these two ladies bring to the table tonight. And, and I think that's cool. I think it's
0: cool, like in 2017, the cloud of pro wrestling, that we can look at the ladies and and look at them as potential match of the night uh, contenders. And, and it would shock me. Not, not my pick, but it would not shock me at all. And, and, and that would be the case. I mean, a, a night like tonight, you standing out on your own, like that, would, it just makes complete sense uh, for you to be out there. But it, it's pretty goddamn cool looking at a pay-per-view and looking at how many matches could be match of the night candidates. And who knows? Hopefully, because... We're all positive wrestling fans here. We actually want to enjoy wrestling. So hopefully we get a pay-per-view. That's a pay-per-view of the year kind of candidate. And hopefully we get a couple of match of the year candidates. Because that's what it's all about. Because the world outside of here
3: is a rough place.
0: And wrestling is a place to escape. Hope you all had a good time tonight. Because that's what we're here for.
3: We'll be back next
0: week to give you our thoughts
3: for Dave
0: and Rocky. I am Ken. Good night, everybody.